Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Nerds Order Music interview. Today we have James from Lingantro. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks so much for having me. Hey, great. I'm happy you're here, man. Let's get started. So, Sweet. what what got you into music? Ooh, good question. Um, so I think it was probably I got into music really young, like really young, like around like five or six. Um, my most like early memory is I remember my dad. Uh, again, I was like five or six years old and I was in my room playing like Pokemon or something. And my dad calls me downstairs and he goes, he goes, hey, James, I want to show you something. I'm like, all right. I come down, he puts on the Queen Live at Wembley Stadium DVD. And I was mesmerized by the whole thing. And I watched the whole thing. And I knew then that that's like, I saw Freddie Mercury and Brian May. And I thought, I'm like, I want to be a singer and I want to be a guitar player. So, you know, why not both? So that's kind of how, that was kind of my big introduction into wanting to be a musician was definitely Queen for sure. Nice. I love that. Queen is so inspirational. Yeah. Like I've always said to people that, and this is a bit of a hot take, but I argue Queen is more important than the Beatles. Oh, I agree with you on that. Honestly. Yeah, like I've said that to a few people, and they're all like, "How dare you?" I'm like, "No, Queen is Queen was is probably the most important band of all time." I think they are. Yeah, inspirational. It's used in so much stuff. Like we are the champions. Used at almost every sporting event known to man, and it's like a lot of the music can really bring out the best in people. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's just because like the world. I don't know the world will never have another Freddie Mercury, you know, That's like so the true. dude was just so legendary and charismatic that uh, I don't think there's going to be anybody who, there might be some that come close, but I don't think anybody will ever be another Freddie though. You know, yeah, no one can like match what he did. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Rest in peace. That legend. We miss yes. you Freddie. Uh, yes. Even though I wasn't born when you died, I still love you. <laughs> I'm from 97. I'm like, I wish I was alive during that era. Yeah, same with me. <laughs> All right. Next question is, when did this um, project of yours start up? Um, Lycanthro. Okay, so pretty much the, the story behind how this started is because uh, I had an old band when I was in high school. We were called Death Wish. And we were kind of just a threat. We were like a thrash band, honestly. And, you know, it's a bunch of high school kids just, you know, excited to be in a band and all that stuff. So I remember that band broke up because, of course, it did because, you know, high school bands always break up. <laughs> but I remember when I got the band together that would eventually become Lycanthro, uh, we were still called Death Wish for like the first few months. And the way that it came about was I remember I was in college at the time and I remember our... I was at a local record store near where I live because in in the area of Ottawa where I live, there's a the big bus station here is at a like a small like this small kind of strip mall, and I would wait there. And if I would if the bus was going to be to go to college, if the bus was going to be like like half an hour, like it was if I was going to wait a while to to get on the bus, I'd go to the record store. And I was flipping through the metal section one day and I come across this album that was called uh, At the Edge of Damnation. And it was by a British band also called Death Wish. <laughs> so I bought it and I thought, damn, I found this at a local record store. We need to change our name. <laughs> so 
that's kind of how Lycanthro, that's kind of how Lycanthro was born, was was the whole fact that I wanted to do, like, a more melodic-y kind of band, like, like, as I said, like, power metal or old-school metal, like, kind of in the vein of, like, Priest or Halloween and stuff like that, and incorporate wolves and werewolves, because I've always had kind of an affinity for those. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, how that name and the band itself uh, came into existence. I love that. I was actually about to ask the question about what inspired the band name, but he kind of already answered. Oh yeah, well, yeah, both yeah, both of those kind of like are, uh, kind of it's the same story. Both of those kind of happen at the same time, you know. So yeah. All right. My next question is, what is your music writing process? Ooh, uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I know that some people have like you know different ways of doing it like oh i start off with the melody or start off with the riff or whatever uh for me it's very kind of it just depends on what comes to me first like if it's uh no two songs i write kind of start the same way like i always either will have a riff and i'll try and build something off of that or a melody like a vocal melody and i'll try and build something off of that or sometimes even like lyrics you know which lyrics can be probably the most challenging because they'll have the lyrics you don't have any melody or idea what the riff's going to be yet you know so that's kind of how that kind of goes for me and usually usually it kind of happens pretty organically from there because when it comes to our songwriting i always well, again, back to what I was saying about, like, this is, like, the Queen thing. is that I never try and write the same song twice. And I always try and approach things in different ways. So I don't really have a concrete way of how I pro- approach writing songs. But it usually comes down to starting off with... Usually the melody is, like, the best way, like, the correct way to start. But sometimes it's a riff. Sometimes it's lyrics, you know. Sometimes it's even just a guitar lick that won't be the main riff. It'll be some p- part in the song, you know. So usually it kind of starts from... Like the bass, like the first thing I come up and that I come up with, and then it kind of just sprouts from there in whatever direction it goes, you know. Yeah. All right. My next question is: Let's get into this new album you're releasing. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mark of the so Mark of the Wolf is um. It's been in production for a long time. Actually, we uh, recorded it sort of half before the pandemic, half after like it started, and. This album is sort of like a culmination of us as a band when kind of like the early days, because we have a new lineup now and we have new, but I'm the only one, uh, me and our new guitar player, Forrest, who kind of contributed a couple of solos to the album. I'm the only one who's from the original lineup who's still in the band from that album. So I thought, okay, well, you know, it's a perfectly good album. Uh, It's really good album. We're very proud of it. So I'm not going to waste it because you know, some of the members who are on it aren't in the band anymore. But yeah, it, as I said, it's just a culmination of our sound kind of from when we, not from when we first started, but kind of like our first kind of like go of it. Yeah. Like, because even though now we're leaning more towards like the really kind of heavy power metal side, this album kind of encapsulates how we were back when we first started. Like we were kind of still just like a melodic kind of thrash metal band. And there's a lot of songs on there that, reflect that and a lot of the songs are just the staples of songs that we would play live all the time like crucible and in metal we trust and all that so i'd say that the album is definitely just very much a time cap not a, like a time capsule of th- yeah. that part of the band and uh 
and the part of the band that people have that the people who have seen us live and know us have seen before. So we're really so it's very familiar to our fans for sure. And but I'm really excited to for sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm very really curious to see how people will react for our stuff going forward from this release. Yeah. Speaking of time capsule, I'm I listened to the other stuff you guys did back in 2018. I just loved it. Uh, oh yeah, the Four Horsemen EP. Yeah, yeah. What what inspired the artwork for that? I love the artwork. Ooh yeah. Um. Well, I, I the thing is, I even though I'm no artist at all, like I'm terrible. I'm not horrible at drawing, but I'm not good either. So usually it was the same thing with Mark of the Wolf. Is that usually when it comes to the album cover, I will draw something. Uh, I have an idea, and I'll try and draw it as best as I could. And then I'll give it to a real artist and say, here, do this, but make it better. <laughs> and um, the guy who did Art for Horsemen, he's this guy, he's, he's a German guy. His name is uh, Alexander von Weeding. And he's done art for some, like, legendary underground bands, like, uh, oh, who do you do again? Like, Clovenhoof and um, Exumer and uh, what was the other big, big band that he did? I don't remember. But, yeah, no, and I liked his style because it was very, like, comic booky, you know? Yeah. And Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse is, like, a very loose, loose concept album because the idea behind it was, oh, have four songs and have each song be about each Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And I drew this um, this mock-up of, of, I had the idea of four hooded figures and they're staring at, and they all kind of have their hands kind of like this and the world is right there. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea I had. And I just said, okay, do this and make it better. And he added all the other like really great touches I never would have thought of. Like he added like, oh, they're in space and they had the world's bleeding from the bottom. Yeah. And you I know, it's, it's, that. yeah. And it was the same thing with the Mark of the Wolf cover too, was um, we had an Italian guy, his name is Vilio Giusto. And he, he did the same thing. All I had for the art was I said, okay, I want a werewolf and I want, his hand to be like here and he wanted to have like the mark of the wolf symbol kind of burned into his hand that's it and he added like the he added all the really cool touches that like the mark that's on the hands also like in the background in the sky and this werewolf he's in like a mountain pass like on one side you see like a like a trail and on the other side you see like a waterfall and so yeah no i i really love the the artists that we pick because as I said, they I love when they add stuff that I wouldn't even thought of myself. And that's what usually what makes it. And that's usually what people say, oh, that art's so cool, you know? Definitely. When I first saw the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, I'm just like, I, the art style just drew me in. I first saw that one, you were talking with the Revel of Autumn. I'm like, this guy looks interesting. I look at the band, I see the EP, I'm like, okay, I'm already drawn in. Because the artwork, sold, it sold me. I'm just like, yes, I love art like that. You have no idea how many people have said that because, again, we're a relatively, like I said, we're a relatively smaller band at the moment. So, you have, when we had the Four Horsemen CDs, like when we were selling them at shows, you have no idea how many people have said that. They like bought it based on the art and then they listen to it and they're like, oh, the music's great too. So, I think that's a really good, I find personally that you will get a lot more listeners if you have good art on for your album cover because i've seen many many bands who they'll have really good albums but the album art is not shitty but like 
just very like mediocre. Yeah, just mediocre, you know. And I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna draw in potential new listeners because they'll see it. They'll be like, oh, you know, like I've seen bands, and I this kind of is a big pet peeve of mine. I've seen bands where they'll release something. It's literally just their logo and the name and nothing else. And I'm just like, come on, you know, that's just. See, ACDC did that when it was cool, but it's no longer in style. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. When they did, like, like when they did the um, album with all, like, where the whole thing was all black, was just ACDC. See, that worked back then, but that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, like, I, I find that that's one of the big problems nowadays with um, a lot of the, with a lot of that stuff, because I find that way too many bands now are trying to copy kind of the older bands and i'm like like the one i see the most is metallica you know like i see all these bands trying to be metallica and i'm just like look metallica's metallica you can't be you know you have to be your own, you have to be yourself yeah. it's like you be, be your original own be yeah original. like yeah like for example i remember some of my in my high school band uh in death wish one of the things i remember i was always very adamant about and i'm still am was you have to dress cool on stage you know mm -hmm. You're a metal band you have the liberty to dress with more you know pizzazz you know and stuff like that so i i would always say to my bandmates look it doesn't have to be anything you know over the top but we have to dress like the genre we play and i remember back when back when i was in high school saying that and you know typical high school band we all like argue and stuff so our guitar player at the time was like he goes, no, man, we just go on with with jeans and T-shirts. Metallica does that. I'm like, yeah, and that's Metallica. Because Metallica were the band that said we're, they were kind of like the, okay, you know, we dress like this because we're just like you. We're Metallica, you're Metallica. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's been done now. Every, like, every band that does it after them now is just like, it's just a tired cliche now, you know? You mm -hmm. have to like, you know, like, do your own shit, you know? So... Yeah, that's yeah. kind of my big, that's one of my big kind of rants where I see too many bands doing that and having, like, as you said, the boring album covers with, with like, the ACDC-esque, oh, just the logo and the name and maybe yeah. a little thing in the background, you know, like. See, back then they were able to pull it off because that was still a thing that was in style. That's not as much as it is today. Yeah, pretty AC much. Speaking of ACDC, ADHD Highway to, hey, look, a squirrel. Oh, I was about to. I was actually gonna comment on that shirt at some point. It's sweet. I know. I found this a few years ago. and was like, I had to have it since I'm a big ACDC fan. I'm like, this is perfect, mm. and I have ADHD, so I'm like, this works. <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making fun of myself. But I don't care. I love it. But yeah, no. It's like speaking of CDs. Now I have to buy that CD. Remind me later. The four sweet. I'll, I'll send you the. I'll send you the link. Thank you. I'm going to get myself a copy. Kind of oh, that. sweet. Thanks, man. What because I like doing is I like to collect CDs from each group I work with and have them in my collection. Same with vinyls as well. If they have a vinyl, I get the vinyl. Sweet. But uh, Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big music collector. I, I love it. Awesome, man. Well, we we're at, we actually might have a vinyl for the album, too. We're just talking with the label about it because we've had a lot of people ask for it. And I said to the label, I said, look, we have I know vinyls are expensive and all that, but we have lots of people here who have been asking for them. Will you do it? And he has to, he goes, I'll think about it, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, no, I'll send you the link. And anybody who's watching this later on, um, link in our bio and all that stuff, uh, go pick up the album. We're currently at 20% of our pre-sale goal. So, Ooh. 
I cannot wait. If this gets a vinyl, I am ordering it so fast. Sweet. <laughs> I just I just pre-ordered um the one from Reality Suite. They're releasing theirs on vinyl. I'm like, yes, because I worked with I work with their label owner and them quite a bit and great people, I swear. Sweet. And also, and it was funny how you you contacted me to do this through Arrival of Autumn, because those guys are great. I love they those are. guys. They're sweet. Ty, uh, I'll always see in the comments of, uh, of my streams and stuff like that, and he's just a, they're all sweet as hell guys. It's funny because on my live stream show on Instagram, uh, they weren't even originally going to be on. Uh, they, I did a stream with, fr with a friend of theirs, and, um, and they just showed up in the chat. Like, that's actually how I got a lot of the guests, like the bigger guests that I've had, is that they'll, because the thing I always say to people is that you never know who's going to show up in the chat. Yeah. So a lot of the bigger names I've gotten are people who I've seen show up in the chat. I message afterwards and be like, hey, uh, do you want to come on the show too? And they're all like, yeah. And and the Arrival of Autumn guys were definitely one of the most fun ones I had because those guys are just, you know, they're all hilarious. So Then the little anime filter I saw going on in that video, I was laughing so Oh, much. yeah. The, I have to do that again. Because I have to do that. It's, one thing that I'm going to... One thing I'm going to do at some point with a stream is that I'll just start off the stream with the anime filter. And then when they come on, I'll just be like, hey, uh, how's it going? And then they'll just be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I have so much respect for Tyler. He, like, he mentioned, he told me to get Zoom. Like, he taught me the basics and got me started on this. Because he was my very first video interview. And I'm actually working with him again pretty soon when their new album comes out, which I'm super pumped for. Yes. Yeah. Such a nice guy. I have so much respect for that man. Yeah, they're, they're sweet dudes for sure. They really are. I want to go up to Canada now so bad after the pandemic just to see all of you guys play live. That'd be so fun. Where do you live? I'm actually in the States. I'm in Connecticut. Oh, that's not that far. Yeah, it's not that far at all, honestly. Yeah. A few hours on the road and poof, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I definitely got to do that. All right. My next question is who would you love to collaborate with in studio and on stage? Ooh, oh, that's a really good question. Because I could, I literally could name you like a hundred people. Go for it. <laughs> but I'll try and just name like kind of my my big ones I'd like to. So my dream person to have on one of our songs is Hansi Kirsch from Blind Guardian. He's one of my favorite lead singers. And he's the person, and he's someone that like, I kind of make my goals with this kind of stuff like realistic. And he's someone that he's done very, he's done lots of guest work with other bands before. Hell, he did a song with a band that I know personally. So, so yeah, probably my number one pick would probably be Hansi from Blind Guardian. He's one of my favorite singers. Um, another one I'd say is um, Adrian Cowan from the band Seven Spires. Uh, she's, she's someone, I know her personally, but, you know, she's, you know, getting a lot of clout and she's getting really really like well known and getting gaining a really great reputation and she probably has like she's one of my favorite singers as well and she's someone that it would be a dream come true for me to do like a duet with her so that'd be another one and the other one I can say that I can think of off the top of my head is um uh Arian Lucasen from Arion the dude is an absolute musical genius and I would love to be able to uh to have him do like a guitar solo on one of our songs or work with him in some capacity just so I could like learn from him or something like that. So I guess off the top of my head, I think it'd be those three. I could obviously say like, you know, Rob Halford from Judas Priest or something like that. You know, I love uh, Judas Priest. They're my, they're it tied for my favorite band. So like yeah, Rob, Hal I could say like the obvious stuff like Rob Halford from Judas Priest or, or um, hold on. 
I'm just looking at my CD collection because I'm trying to figure out who else I could say. Uh, <laughs> mine's um, right behind me. I know the pain. All my yeah. stuff is like right behind me. That little music shelf area with the speakers. Oh, sweet, man. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, and like Toby Samet from Ed Guy, Avantasia, you know, stuff like that. I can name so many, but those are like the ones off the top of my head that I can uh, that I can think of. That's all great choices, honestly. Like, I love a lot of those bands. Jeez. There's some bands I would love to speak with one of these days, too. I'm just praying it happens. Mm. Current. Well, 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 one so thing cool. I'll tell you, man, is that from doing those things that I did on uh, on Instagram, uh, there's no harm in asking. You know, a lot of these, one thing I actually learned, and this is great since you have your own publication, is that a lot of bigger musicians unless their name is like Bruce Dickinson or something and they're like really, really big, most won't turn down interviews, you know? Like yeah. I'm, I haven't announced any of these yet, but I'm being able uh, over the next month on the live stream series. Like this week, I've had a buttload of interviews for like promoting our album. So I've taken a break from them, but next, starting next week, I'm getting to talk to like some of my heroes on, on the show, That's honestly. Awesome. So it's one of those things where uh, it can be intimidating, but all I say is all you have to do is ask you know a lot of times musicians are love doing interviews especially like what we're doing now like just face to face yeah. so yeah a lot of times if they have the time they'll most likely do it you know that's at least that's what I, from what i've learned doing yeah. doing my show so like when i first started is i was actually a big fan of arrival of autumn doing when i was in college i listened to them quite a bit and I did two previous, like, text interviews because that's what the other groups wanted to do due to time crunch and stuff like that. Mm. So I was like, hey, I would love to work with you guys. I'm a big fan. And he responded to me, like, that day. And I'm like, wait, oh, shit, this is actually happening. And then it just went from there. Then yeah. Worked, then down the line, I worked with a group called Sepsis. And then they told me to post what I do on their Facebook page. And after I did that, I just kept a lot of bands started to come to me. And then the owner of DI Records, who I currently talk with a lot, asked me to work with his bands. He has like 28 bands signed under him, mind you. So mm. I've been busy with those and I just love it. But yeah, ever since that one step, I've just been rolling with it. Sweet, man. It's been, it's been one hell of a journey. Originally, this was a coping mechanism because I went through a lot of stuff that almost made me off myself. And oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Music got me out of that. And that's what, and I wanted to get back to music so badly I started this up. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, like over the DM, and that's yeah. incredible, man. And I can, and it's a great way. Like I can totally relate too, because that's sort of like uh, I find that doing this kind of thing, just being social, is the best way to get to get over it. And especially now with these COVID times, mm. doing those like you doing your the interviews and m me doing and doing the the live stream show that I do. It was for the same thing. It was pretty much like I went through a huge depressing point in my life and I kind of got out of it from starting to do those because then it, it felt like, you know, you're talking to people at a show again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, it's great to hear that you're that this is uh, that this has been helping you out a lot, man. And it's and it's and giving back. It's, it's the, the best form of um, of respect and homage to musicians because, you know, Music helped you, so in turn, you're helping other musicians by giving them some free press and all that stuff. That's the exactly. best kind of, that's the absolute best kind of uh, equivalent exchange, I guess, that's you know? That's my big goal here is to help bands as much as I can. 
Mm-hmm. One day I'm hoping I can talk to Currents because they're the ones who got me on this journey. I would love to speak with them someday, but that's, that's still a dream, but it might be a reality. Who knows? Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I've been doing this ever since to give back. And the label I work with, DI Records, the owner actually messaged them for me and they responded to him wanting me to send over my stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm just still waiting to hear back from them. But Sweet, it's like man. they actually responded to him, so I might have a chance. Sweet, man. Awesome. It's insane. But yeah, no, like metal has been like my home genre for years. Like I listen to all t- sorts of music. I can go from orchestra to thrash metal in a day. But I always return to metal because metal has, to, in my eyes, the most meaning with its music. Yeah, I find metal music is probably out of most of genres of music. It's definitely one of the most honest for sure. Because mm. metal music, you know, I find with most bands, you know, when it comes to their music, you know, you know, no one's fake. You know, everyone's like, this is me. This is what I, this is what I represent, you know, take it or leave it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's very honest music for sure. That's why I love Currents. Like all their songs hit so hard. I'm over here thinking to myself, like I just, I was just processing everything as I was going through that depression. Not music woke me the hell up. Like the song Shattered, I'll say it over later. That song really opened my eyes. And then I know what you mean. Well, I have a band that's similar to that, actually. Was um my favorite band of all time. They're uh I don't know if you know them because they're they were kind of big in the States, but they're way more big in Canada. Uh do you know Triumph? I've heard of them. I have heard of them a lot. Oh. I, I, I I they sound very familiar. They were uh so Triumph were a band from uh back in the 80s and they were often kind of compared to Rush because they were like another Canadian three-piece. Yeah. But they don't sound anything alike, you know. Rush is like prog, and these guys were more like hard rock, arena rock, you know. And Triumph, I always say, along with Priest, they're my favorite band because for the same reason. Because when I was in high school, I listened to them religiously because all their songs were very much like uplifting and motivational, and it kind of got me through whatever bullshit i was dealing with you know at the time so and their music was always very much like and that's kind of why i gauged more to power metal later on because the lyrics are all the same you know it's very uplifting and very you know uplifting motivational the lyrics can be dark you know but it's never from a but it's always to portray like some sort of you know genuine emotion you know so that's why that's why with uh, Triumph, it's the same thing, I find, is that, like, their lyrics are very motivational, and it helped me out through a lot of stuff, too. So I'm glad that, you know, uh, that you have, like, kind of... I think everybody had should have, like, their one band that, you know, is they listen to whenever they're in a dark place. And, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's so important, man, you know? Exactly. Like, because songs, songs are therapy for a lot of people, the, the, the composers and the listeners. And a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people who listen to, like, a lot of mumble rap do not get that. Like, <laughs> no, I had friends who were straight up always into mumble rap. And they're like, why do you listen to metal? I'm like, do I have to explain it to you? I play the song that got me out of hell and some stuff from Korn and a bunch of other stuff. And now they're, like, sworn metalheads. It's hilarious. But they're, yeah. like, their first exposure to metal, and they're, like, their jaws drop and their eyes just widened. And I'm mm. like, yeah, now you know why I listen to. <laughs> mm, yeah, man. They also know I do this, and they're, they actually, actually today they asked me, "Who's your guest today? Who's your guest today?" Like they're always asking me who I'm working with, because now they're because now they just love it. And I always recommend the music of the groups I work with to them, and they 
always enjoy the hell out of it. It's it's so much fun. Sweet man. Yeah, like the day I told them I do this, they're like, "What the hell is metal?" I'm like, "Are you fucking for real?" Because like they've always been obsessed with rap and mumble rap, and I'm like, you know what? Let me show you some real music, and then come back to me on that. And the, 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 like within five minutes, uh, I sent them a song. They both responded with, "Teach us more." <laughs> That's not even a joke. Mm. They're like, we want to know more of what you'll be listening to. <laughs> and it was by far the best reaction I ever got out of someone. Oh, good times. Yeah, dude. All right, my final question of the evening is, what is next for you and your band? Well, besides the album. <laughs> All right, so we actually confirmed, like, yesterday or two days ago, our fir- very first show, actually, for 2022 uh, I can't say what it is yet, but it's it's a festival show. It's here, in, and we're really excited for it. Uh, so there's that. Um, we're going to be going back into the studio before the end of the year, because even though we're promoting Marco the Wolf, you know, we're already we always have new music at the ready. So we're going to the studio to record um, a new release. Probably it's gonna, probably going to be an EP. We're going to go, and we've been working on the pre-production for it from home. Uh, for the past few months and we're about halfway a little bit almost halfway done it so we're gonna keep working on that until the summer and then probably around fall early winter we're gonna go back at the end of the year we're gonna go back into the studio and uh record our next release and uh yeah that's about it we're still gonna be doing all the live stream chats and all that and just trying to put out new diverse content for everybody and on our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. I can't wait. I love watching your live streams. I get so excited when I pop up. I'm like, yes, another one. Oh, thanks, thanks, man. It's so much fun, like, hearing, like, musicians talk about stuff like like that. It's just so enjoyable to me. Yeah, and, and the thing I, I find that it's, for me, it's the most enjoyable thing about it is that I don't really treat them like it, like it's a typical interview. I kind of treat it as like, I always tell people it's like a talk show. Like it's like, I'm the metal Conan O'Brien or something like that. And it's because uh, the way I always approach it is I always kind of ask all these people who I get, I get them. uh, I always kind of ask them stuff, like kind of the stuff that like I'd like to be asked. And I always ask them sort of like, the really kind of deep, deep kind of cut questions and sort of in conversations. Like I'll always talk to them about like, I remember, as I said, I had Adrian from Seven Spires on, and I always asked her about, like, how do you develop this this vocal technique? And then whenever I ask one of these people, they're like, I never get asked that. What the hell? (laughs) You know? So, yeah, they've been been very, very awesome for us, and it's been great to be able to get to know some of the people, kind of like what you've been doing as well. It's like getting to know you know, your heroes, you know, because, you know, some people say don't meet your heroes, but I don't think it's as bad as, you know, some people think most, I've, I can count the number of assholes I've met in metal in like probably one hand, you know, most people are very, very chill. So for like, you find a lot of assholes more in the mumble rap community, if anything else, man, it seems like there's a trend here. You must really not like mumble rap. (laughs) I had bad experience with it, but I mean, not all all rap is bad. Some is, some isn't. It depends on the artist. Yeah. Like rap isn't my, I'm not really a fan personally, but I can, you know, I can, I can tell when someone's talented, you know, like I have friends, I have people I know who rap and they're fantastic at it, you know, and they, are definitely it's like it's their it's their thing you know it's their yeah and they're genuinely talented you know so because rap 
vocals isn't is not easy you know like it, do, the way you do like when when you like this is coming from a perspective of a vocalist when you actually find out like the techniques that like that like that legit like hardcore rappers use it's difficult like it's very like it's it's probably the most difficult articulation of any vocal technique you know because you're saying you're like you're saying all these words at like a mile a minute you know and it's yeah. really hard to do that while in metal metal a lot of times you'll have very long stretched out vocal lines because you want to flex and show oh i can hit this high note and hold this note for this long you know but in rap yeah. it's the opposite and it's both are difficult both are equally as difficult because rap's like okay i have to say as many words as i can in a minute and it's you know yeah. so those people are very talented as well for the ones who are genuinely good yeah. at it like people who are genuine like eminem and stuff like that i do like yeah. their stuff i really yeah, absolutely. do it's just the newer age where everything is mumble and you can't really understand. That's why I'm like, that's not my style. Yeah, it's not my thing either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goodness, this is I, I love doing these. It's such a blast. You meet a lot of fun people doing this. Yeah, man. Well, thank well, thanks so much for having me. This has been really fun, you know. It's been an absolute blast, man. Thank you for being here. This has been another Nerds Order music interview. Today our guest was James from crap, I forgot the name. From like Canthro. Thank Canthro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As I said, I know there's lots of different pronunciations. <laughs> yeah. You have an awesome night, man, and take care. Yeah, thanks, man. Pre-order our new album, Mark of the Wolf, by the way. Oh, I will. I'm, I'm actually going to be doing that whenever the, whenever the pre-order is available. Oh, they are available. Oh, really? Oh, I'm doing it tonight, then. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link. I'm thanks. just saying for the for the people who watch this. So. Oh, that too. Oh, Go like listen to Oh, so you go listen to our single and and prayer of the album if you like it and all that good stuff. All links will be in the description. Have a good night, everybody.